This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Fitz, and if you don't know who I am, here's a quick bio. Veteran sports journalist who writes, does TV, radio, and is a longtime podcaster. Also, I have stage 4 prostate cancer, so my doctors advise me to stay home during these COVID-19 concerns. So what am I doing with my time? I'm calling some of the many friends, athletes, coaches, and colleagues who have been part of my life during more than 30 years in journalism. Oh, and I'm hitting the record button. Welcome to my life and the Life of Fitz podcast. There are those people you meet that ease into your life like they always belonged. A bond is built even if you call different places home and you don't see each other all that often. One of those people for me is Mick Schaefer, who is currently the sports director at KSHB 41, the NBC affiliate in Kansas City. When we met, Mick was a mainstay on Metro Sports, which was a Kansas City-based cable-only sports outlet that eventually became Time Warner Sports. I can't even tell you when exactly I met Mick. There was no voila moment, but I know this. There may not be many people with whom I more enjoy a session of good sarcastic sparring than Mick Schaefer. We eventually bonded like many journalistic ties in this region of the country at a Big 12 football preseason media event in Dallas. Later that night, we broke some greasy bread at a Whataburger. Mick is one of the most real people you will see on television. His easy, witty nature springs through the camera. He's one of those guys that feels like he should be on a national sports outlet, so my only explanation is that viewers secretly find him hideous. Of course I don't. After all, life is too short to spend it with ugly people. I hope I have now prepared you for the nature of our relationship, because I'm dialing Mick Schaefer right now. Schaefer. Yeah, that's how you're supposed to answer a phone right there, damn it. That's how you answer a phone. Go for Mick. <laughs> Go for Mick. What's up, brother? How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, living the dream, man. I'm I'm sheltered in my house. I don't have to leave my house. People bring me food. I've got my dogs, my wife. I've got cable TV. Well, I've got streaming TV. Uh, this is kind of the dream, man. As my brother tweeted out and Facebooked out, uh, let's, he's like, let's see, staying at home, watching Netflix all day, doing nothing. Uh, test me. See how long I can go. Try me. <laughs> that would be your brother, world-famous comic Scott Schaefer. Yeah, world-famous if, like, Caldwell in some um, universe, Caldwell, Kansas, is a world, then yes, he's a world-famous. It is. It's in my universe, and that's all that counts. I've seen him do stand-up, brother. He's pretty funny. Where'd you see him at? Uh, here in Manhattan. He was in a contest in Manhattan a number of years ago. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was good. He was good, and he won. Yeah, he did. That's right. Also, a little-known fact, also in that contest was the K-State mask. But No uh, way. He was? Yeah, the guy who did K-State masks. Yeah. Is, that's a total reference that a lot of people won't get, but... Oh, I got it. Um, I mean, all you got to do, if you don't know K-State Mask, go to YouTube and type in K-State Mask West Virginia, and you'll laugh your ass off unless you're from West Virginia, and then you'll be horribly offended. That was the best one. Did, uh, you, did you do it for like a whole season and then disappear? Well, he did it for most of the season, and then the uh, media company here in Manhattan that was helping him do it, like doing his production, absolutely blew up from it. And then they had to drop him. So he went back to doing them in his bathroom, shooting himself in the mirror. 
really lost the effect. And then he uh, moved out of town. I think he moved back to his hometown, and the mask was never heard from again. Like most superheroes, they just disappear. They do to disappear. Uh, but at least he had a mask, and I don't know if he had a cape. I can't remember, but that qualifies you for a superhero, too. He had a great beer gut, and that's all that mattered to me. <laughs> I think more superheroes need to have a belly. Uh, agreed. Yeah, I'm down with that. So what are you doing right now? How is this coronavirus impacting you as a big, stinking television star in Kansas City? Uh, it's impacting me a lot. I've been working from home since Monday. And so what that means working from home for me is that I set up a, uh, a little sports studio in uh, the room where my wife gives piano lessons, uh, oh. where my dog sometimes takes a dump, nice. where my mother-in-law sleeps when she's in town. Sometimes all three of those things happen on the same day, and other various activities happen. I call it my office, though, just to seem important uh, right now. So I set up... Uh, a bookcase with all of my Emmys on there because if I'm working from home, I'm going to flex. Damn I like it. it. So I, I saw it. Yeah. Yeah, and then I stole, I literally stole a 41 Action Sports sign from the station uh, Sunday night as I left. And so I've got it propped up with some vice clamps and some books. So really, really cold, well, well done job there uh, on top of the piano. And so that is the look. So when you point the camera at that, it looks somewhat sophisticated if you point the camera anywhere else in this room it looks like uh it, it is not whatever the opposite of sophisticated is that's, so, that's, that's my deal the whole illusion of tv right there that, that's it and so then i have it's weird like I, I wonder how this is going to change media um in the future once we get back to some sort of normalcy because we've all been able they've kicked out all the reporters all the photographers um there are a lot of the anchors. We have a couple anchors, and the weather people are still left at the station. But we're all working remotely, and we're kind of doing it with the same sort of production as we did working at the station. We're able to get into the video archives. I'm able to uh, I'm able to get into our rundown system. I'm able to edit just fine. And so at about five o'clock, or about an hour before the the newscast each day, I have my scripts all together. I have them typed up and I get in front of the camera and I read them and it's cool. If I screw up, I can just do it all over again. It's not like live TV. <laughs> it's so then I, I take it. Which you screw editor. up a lot. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, I love recorded television. And so I uh, edit it all together. I usually send it back about, I don't know, 15 minutes before the, uh, the newscast begins. And then I go to my couch and I watch myself. Um, which is weird. And then uh, I watch Netflix after that. It's been my routine. Exotic Joe, uh, the, the Tiger King, Joe Exotic. That's all I've been watching. Uh, my wife and I have uh, big weekend plans to watch that. It's going to be fantastic. Oh, you got to watch it. If you start like in an afternoon, you'll, you'll have it finished by the evening. You won't want to, uh, nice. you won't want to leave, uh, leave it at all. Nice. I, I'm glad that America is using this opportunity when we're all hunkered down to watch stuff that lifts us up, makes us feel better about ourselves, and further educates us that you probably shouldn't own freaking lions, tigers, and stuff, you know, like in Oklahoma. The, the amazing thing about it is that every person profiled on that, they're all the same, and they're all that shit crazy. I don't know if I can say that, but yep. I just said it. <laughs> they are all, and they're all that shit crazy in the exact same way. Uh -huh. It is, it's un, it's unreal. It's so, without giving too much away, you'll, you'll have to pause it a few times just to kind of collect your thoughts, <laughs> collect your breath, because you'll be laughing at the ridiculousness of it all. Well, I have some dear friends in the state of Oklahoma. I love them very much, but you being from Caldwell, Kansas, which is getting pretty close to that border. Two miles. It's two miles from uh, it. It's a different world. You cross the border, the culture changes, right? That red dirt, man, it, yep. gets, uh, it gets in your blood. <laughs> All right. It's, it's just uh, – it's different. It's. I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just different, but uh, – Exotic Joe, Joe Exotic, which is, by the way, a great male stripper name, is yours. You can have him. You can claim him. 
You can put them on billboards all you want. Kansas well, that, is, do it. that is like the, one of four or five names he uses throughout the entire um, documentary. <laughs> I've actually passed by the place before in Winniewood, Oklahoma, is where the, the zoo was. And so I've, I've seen the signs. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I remember that guy. So I he's, just, the, he's not the hero we want. He's the hero we need right now. I just read a horrific story. Someone posted it on that Twitter machine that I'm on. Uh, about uh, one of these things in Ohio years yep. ago where yep. the guy killed himself and opened all of his gates. Well, yep. he opened all of his gates and then killed himself the other way around. It'd yeah, be really tough. You, gotta, you have to get that order correct. Yes. Otherwise, the work. <laughs> Whoops, killed myself too quickly. Oh, um, and all the animals, God. lions, tigers, bears. Um, unleashed. Unleashed. Unbelievable. And the the poor sheriff's office and uh, SWAT teams are out there just slaughtering these beautiful animals because yes, they no, had no choice. No choice. And so, yes, that's featured in the um, the documentary. Oh. It bounces around all over the country to find these big cat zoos um, and all the and the and the people that fight amongst them. Uh, it's great. Oh. I recommend it. That's a that's a subculture. I never thought we'd appreciate as Americans, but I guess here we are. Listen, you're in Manhattan, home of the Wildcats. I know. I, there. I have uh, shared this dream of mine with few people, but I will do it because nobody's listening to this podcast. It's just you and I pretty much. Um, I want, as an owner of Standard Poodles, I would love to have a Standard Poodle Ranch. Like, you know, a couple good acres all fenced in so the poodles can roam the lands like they used to. Let them to. roam. Like they used to in times gone by when giant poodles commanded respect from the animal world. They roamed the prairie side, and uh, they were at the top of the food chain. Yeah, people don't know that and about them. History books tell you that uh, a, a domesticated-slash-wild poodle needs <laughs> at least 400 acres of, of land to roam yeah, can, uh, for itself. It can uh, take its foo-foo haircut and demand respect from other animals right away and and in fact i think the poodles barking just made the podcast a little bit ago so that's exciting for everyone listening my uh soft-coated wheaton terrier made the podcast she was barking as well if nice. anything if anything happens outside yep uh, leafs blowing a uh, bike riding by uh, whatever uh she is going to let us know about it so i have learned that you talk about how much land the poodle needs i have learned that 13 year old boys need um uh, 10 by 12 foot space. That's it. Just their rooms, and they are fine. Uh, that's all the land they need to roam, because that's I have one of those, and he uh, has not left there for the quarantine. He's taking the quarantine very serious. Uh, well, that's good. Do you want to admit that he's actually deadbolt locked in there so that you can't get him out? And like he's got a little slot where he's put food through. Basically, your child's in prison. Uh, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna share that part. I was gonna put the blame on him. But yes, he. Uh, he is. He committed crimes, basically. Crimes at the house, so we put him in there. So it's justified. I want to get back to this collection of Emmys you have, and I want to clarify for people, it's not from your work in sports TV, is it? It's it's from your childhood appearances on Young and the Restless, isn't it? Acting. Young and the Restless. Yeah. Um, uh, Alf. I was Alf. on. Um, were, you, were you ever actually Alf? Or was that a, What's that? Was, were you ever actually Alpha, or was that just a little tiny adult? Well, one day, the little person that was in the costume couldn't do it, so I had to come in. It was, uh, nice. they had, you know, it was great. Yeah, that was that <laughs> Emmy collection, brother, is impressive. You got a lot of those suckers. Uh, eleven. Nice. It goes back to like first ones were in like two thousand three. So yeah, no, it's uh, basically if you throw a lot of money at uh, at the Emmys, you'll 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 get them. I got it because it costs to be a part of the organization. It costs to be to to make a submission and all that. And if you're at a place which I was um, for a long time that, that valued them and would put money toward them, that, yeah, no, I've I've won eleven. I've probably been nominated for. I don't know, twenty thousand put in like fifty submissions, so I'm bat I'm batting like right around the Mendoza line. That's all right. That's all right. You still have eleven of them. Are they the real heavy ones, just like the ones that they get on the T V shows? They stuff? are. They're they're just like like the actual uh statue is just like it the base might be a little different. I'm not sure. There's kind of a 
round base that they have now, but it, it looks it looks nice. I think it's the nicest thing we have in our house, that's yeah. for sure. And you know what else they're good for is murder. You can murder, actually use right, one yeah. of them for murder. So if someone breaks in. Totally could. <laughs> it's got the heavy end you, right. you, you know, bash them with, and then it's got the pointy end. Right. Stab with. Yes. So covering sports right now is a bit of a challenge. What are you guys mm-hmm. filling your time with? It's funny. Um, we have not had a lack of content at all. We haven't either. Uh, there are a couple of reasons for that. One is that normally I have a minute and 45 seconds at 6 o'clock. So much. Time. I have two minutes and 45 seconds at 10 o'clock wow. to fill. And so most of the time I am, I am deciding what to cut out. I'm deciding what to ignore, right? What is worthy of this small amount of time? And I try to just cram it all in there. It's like fitting Pavarotti into a wetsuit. And mm. so I'm the master mm. of telling a 10-second story. Hold on, I'm still and thinking so, of that. Right. Yeah, so now there's, still, there's less sports, far less sports, but I still have that same amount of time and can get in a lot of the stuff that I wouldn't before. Like before... If Tom Brady would have signed with the Buccaneers, which is huge news in the NFL, I probably would not have mentioned it last year, this time, if things were normal. Hmm. I prioritize local sports, right? And we have a ton of local sports in Kansas City. And frankly, I don't have time with uh, two or, well, one or two or three minutes to get in there. Uh, this, this time around, you know, in these, in these days, the other day was like a lead, right? Uh, it was the first thing I had. So there's that. But then the other reason is the highlights are gone, but sports still exist. And there's so many great stories out there. We've started a segment called Celebrating Seniors, where we spotlight high school seniors mostly, a little bit with college seniors, and we'll get more and more in, into that. We're spotlighting kids mostly in spring sports, but then also um, kids that were in the Final Four, like in Kansas, in high school basketball. They got their seasons um, canceled. Mm-hmm. At the moment, at the brink of the, you know, the biggest moments of their lives, we're uh, featuring and spotlighting them, talking about their accomplishments, talking about how bummed they were that their seasons got canceled, but mostly just kind of highlighting them and doing feature stories on them. And we've had a great response to that. I have a, I have a folder here on my desktop called Celebrating Seniors that I keep all the emails in, and I, I bet I've got about 20 to 30 submissions that haven't even gotten touched and we have a new team each and every show so it's like there's still sports out there you just cover it in different ways and right now and i anticipate for the next couple weeks we'll anticipate we'll we'll be um covering the reaction to you know COVID 19 and its effect on all on the sports world and so it's been an adjustment but there's still plenty of content everybody asks me oh what are you covering i'm like there's tons of stuff stuff still i find it's, it, it, you might you might do the same stuff. Um, sports teams are almost becoming like more accessible. The vice president of, of PR broadcasting of the Royals called me yesterday. And said, "Hey, can we get Dayton Moore on?" I'm like, "Absolutely, you can get Dayton Moore on any time, any day, any <laughs> at yeah. any time." The Royals general manager. So they called to book with us. So at three o'clock today, I'm going to talk via FaceTime. With Dayton Moore, granted it's not you know one on one. We'd like that, but uh, at different times, so we understand it. So, and, and there have been other examples of, of colleges being much more receptive to interview requests because they want to keep the name out there. And frankly, it's a lot easier for all these you know sports luminaries in and around Kansas City to do an interview because you just click open your computer, you click on a link, and, and there you are. That's pretty crazy. You know, you mentioned how we're probably learning things about how we can cover and initiate sportscasts or newscasts now that we're forced to do it a different way. I almost wonder if this reaction you're getting from the prep coverage, which is something we all tend to shove aside a little bit too often because of other things, might be a lesson here in that, hey, people really want to see it, and it's really the only place you can get it, particularly now with the – Near death of newspapers. I know the Star is an incredible sports section, but they've had to pare back so much, and you have to cover the Chiefs and Royals and Sporting KC and everything wow. else. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have that. The Star doesn't have a high school beat writer anymore. I know. Um, so, and their their sports page most days outside of Sunday is three pages. That's this, crazy. Is, this is before the sports went away. It's, it's a front and the back and one more page. 
and then you got the weather and ads on the back page, and then whatever the the puzzles and all that stuff. So yeah, and, and listen, I worked for 16 years at um, Metro Sports, which is an all sports uh, cable station in Kansas City, and for, we had a ton of time to fill. And so we re- recognized there was a niche with high school, and we needed content. So we were known as the high school station. So I built a love of high school sports uh, through that, and I've tried to carry it over to um, over to NBC, over to Forty One Action News. Um, here as much as possible, but it's hard, like I said, with the time constraints. And when it comes down to, all right, um, are we gonna are we gonna air this high school basketball game or go out and cover that, or you know, do a Chiefs, you know, run run a Patrick Mahomes story? That's gonna be Patrick Mahomes, right? Of course, well, so that it does get yeah. shoved away. And really, high school is is the I think is the best thing to cover because they actually want want the attention. You talk to these athletes before they're jaded, before they get tired of us, right? And it's uh, and there, there's a million great stories out there. I mean, there's uh, we cover probably uh, our coverage area includes probably upwards of a hundred high schools, and each high school has I don't know eight or ten sports or more. And you take that times all the athletes playing. There's so many great stories out there uh, that that are easy to tell because they want you coming in. So yeah, I agree. This hopefully this this opens opens the door more to the uh, to the high school scene. Plus, you get to walk through the hall of a high school and call everyone kiddos. That's right. What's up? Or, or call them like, uh, say, say terms from the 80s and 90s that they, they don't understand. Like, uh, that's rad, dude. I never used that. I never I never said anything was rad. You're hip, you're hip to the times, though. I, you know, I kind of got caught up with funky, man. I, I never left that phase. So, just I'm I'm a child of the uh, '70s, so there I go. What are you doing personally? Kansas City's locked down, and uh, I expect the National Guard to start shooting people exactly like you for going out. Right? Uh, Are you really just pretty much confined to your home, and that, or do you get to go out and do some stories? Uh, So technically, um, news is considered essential uh, personnel. But we've done a great job. They've done a great job at our station of paring down the employees um, right from the get-go. We they, they develop the these tiered plans, and so now we're on level four, which is level four sent me home basically. Uh, level three, I was still in. Level four uh, sent me home, and so. Um, but a lot of the stuff I've been doing. Um, FaceTime interviews, like I talked about. But then yesterday, I met a kid from like the West at a park to talk um, talk to him about his baseball season ending. He was a good baseball player. Um, and so he was comfortable meeting, and, you know, I'm fine with it, too. And so I brought my son along just to we get some video of them. They, they played some catch, and just to get some video, and I'll, I'll turn that story for tonight. And so there's been a little bit of that if, if people are, are, are willing to meet. And we practice, you know, the – well, I'm a rule follower, you know, whether I agree with it or not mm-hmm. uh, on all – I follow it. So we practice, you know, say, listen, we, we've got a microphone attached to a broomstick in case people don't want to get too close, right? So we'll, we'll stick that out there. But, um, but uh, yeah, maintain our distance. And uh, and as far as, like, like when work's done, like I, the, our golf course uh, is open. You can't go in the pro shop. You just And, and they've, got, they've got these pool noodles in the hole. To where like the ball goes in the hole and bounces out, you count it good. But then you don't have to touch the flag stick or you have people like points of contact in the hole. It couldn't spread there, um, and so they have that. There's no carts, so you have to walk it. <laughs> so I hadn't walked a golf course in a long time. I got through nine holes a couple of days ago, and uh, it was awful, awful. I realized how out of shape I was. Um, so that maybe a couple of trips to the store, but yeah, that's been uh, that's been it. If you're pulled over by an officer, will you just say, I'm Mick Schaefer and I'm essential? Yes. I, well, I'll start it with, don't you know who I am? That's that always works. Like that. that always they works. always like that. <laughs> <laughs> I do that all the time at bars. Right. <laughs> and, and they usually respond. And the answer is, yes, we do. We do know who you are. Ben. Yeah. Well, you're, you're the drunk old guy. And I'm like, yeah, that's who I am. That's, that's great. 
It's great. Uh, I'm glad, though, that this coronavirus hasn't uh, stopped you from calling high school boys and asking them to meet them in the park. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I'm I'm glad. They're hard to break, (laughs) Fitz. That's what uh, I always explain to my new recruiting guys, and I've got a new kid coming on to help out with it. That basically what you do is try to get teenage boys' phone numbers so you can call them. That's pretty much covering high school recruiting right there. That's it. <laughs> and when you boil it down, that's exactly what we do covering recruiting. Can I get your number? You do. You do have to watch your your verbiage, I guess, when you say 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 more like, "Oh, no, I'm uh, checking out on a recruit," instead of "No, I'm calling a teenager." <laughs> Oh, I I will be curious to see, and I hope to God this doesn't happen, that entities say, hey, we did a really good job with a parsed down staff. Let's just do that all the time. That's kind of my fear, particularly for, you know, sports people that honestly, there's a lot of uh, people that aren't doing very much right now and uh, they just don't have stuff to cover. I'm fearful yeah. what the bottom line person in the corporate office will start to think in a way yeah. to save money. I know. And you have these businesses right now that are losing money and will look to recoup in any way possible. And now I yeah. fear what um, unemployment filings are at an all-time high, just, what, just a week or two in yeah. um, already. And so, yeah, I fear that as well. It would be hard to pare down my staff of two uh, right now, <laughs> but I guess they could. That's pretty incredible. More cuts they, could, they could make. Um, Two people but, covering uh, Kansas City sports. Woo. Yeah, from home. <laughs> while they're while one of them as an eight-year-old daughter running around the house, yelling, screaming songs from uh, Frozen, and uh, just being the loudest thing possible. So, uh, so yeah, it's a, uh, it's, a it's a challenge for sure. Just shout, I'm making TV magic, and he'll get it. He'll understand. That's right. Surely he aspires to do the same, following Dad's footsteps and be a big honking TV star. Yeah, well, I have have three kids, uh, a 16-year-old boy, 13-year-old boy, 8-year-old girl. Um, I I think uh, they're all... They're all at weird stages, right? It's all a bit odd stages um, dealing with. Uh, but uh, I, I think uh, the middle one, he, he likes to hang out with me. He thinks that's cool. So he's the one that came to the story uh, with me yesterday. Uh, the other two, they they, uh, they could take it or leave it. You're good at making babies. Congratulations. I didn't know you had three. That's amazing. <laughs> Allegedly, they're online. <laughs> yeah. I don't have any kids that I know of. Neither does my wife. She might have some out there she doesn't know about either. That's just how it works. Uh, hard to, it's hard to sneak one by her. I know. Well, you just never know. It's it's very. I'm very confused by all this stuff now. I I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to judge anything about gender stuff. Hey, it's Fitz. Let's hit the pause button right here and take a little break. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Uh, Oklahoma State, you did cross that border into the wild and weird land of Oklahoma to go to college. That school has developed one hell of a sports, like sports reporting, sports TV thing going on there. It's it's really amazing the amount of talent that's coming out of Stillwater. Um, a couple of things. Yes, you're right. We've got Danny Welniak up here over at the uh, CBS station, who is awesome. 
I am a huge Danny fan. She is really good at what she does. You and I and her had a well, Whataburger run uh, back in the day, right? Well, Down in Dallas. Uh, first of all, Danny is probably, not probably, she is the nicest person on earth, yeah. um, is extremely good at her job, but most importantly, she took you and I to Whataburger one night. She's got a lot, a lot of things to her. She's, she's gorgeous. She is like hardworking. She is great at her job. Uh, she went to Oklahoma State. She loves Whataburger. That's, that's, yeah. He got me right there for the, for the fan club. I'll be the, be the president. Uh, Sorry, yeah, fellas. She's uh, married. Steve Shannon, former guy over in, uh, in, uh, in Wichita. Now he's down in San Antonio, Oklahoma State. But here's the deal, Chris. I never went to college, Oklahoma State. What? Yeah. I grew up in Oklahoma State, fam. My whole family went there. But I was going to go. I was accepted. I was going to go. What? But then uh, things changed. I, I uh, got recruited a little bit for basketball, some small colleges. So I was like, you know what? I want to play small college basketball. So I went to Southwestern College. You know where Southwestern is? I absolutely know where Southwestern is. That's my brother-in-law went there. Yes. Do you know the mascot or the uh, the uh, nickname? They're the Mound Builders. They are the Mound Builders. God bless you for knowing that. That's why you're one of my favorites. So after being a JV All-American there for a couple of uh, nice. years, See? I uh, transferred to, wait for it, dun-dun-dun, the University of Kansas. See, I don't even, I don't even know there. who you are. I thought you I went know. to Oklahoma State. <laughs> uh, you would think so. Um, I don't claim Kansas. I mean, it's a fine school. Got my education there. I never cheered for the sports teams. I I, I like them. I I, I like them as much as K State though, and as, as I even like Missouri. I'm, I'm so, sorry to say to everybody, um, but not as much as I. I Oklahoma State is kind of in my veins. I can't like. Shake it. I, I've tried. Trust me. I try every late November whenever they lose to Oklahoma, um, but uh, I can't do it. So that's uh, that's my uh, pathetic story. I'm sure the listeners are impressed by my preparation I put in for this podcast, <laughs> not even knowing your yeah, alma mater was look, not. All I do is wear orange. All I do, you know, I'll you know, go to Oklahoma State games all the time and uh, profess my love for them. Uh, usually that means you actually went to the school, but no, not in this case. Well, that's okay. My preparation is I do put on pants, in this case sweats, to do this podcast. That's I think that's in depth preparation and that's I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking Frankly, with that's it. uh you might you might be over prepared. How cool was uh covering a Super Bowl and Patrick Mahomes and it wasn't just a Super Bowl victory. It was just kind of a magical team. It felt that way yeah. even before the season started. Yeah, uh, it's it's a blur now, but it was gosh, six months of of nonstop Chiefs Mahomes stuff, um, and we were there in Miami for parts of eleven days. So I, the actual game was by far the best part because those were literally the only three hours that I could sit and enjoy something. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that the Super Bowl is a fraction of what goes on at the Super Bowl, right in and around it. Um, there are so many events, so many press conferences, so many places to go and be and things to cover and people to see, even parties, and that we would actually go, go and cover because it makes people available. Um, that I, I, I just never got, was still not able in 10 or 11 days to get my arms around it. Uh, we would get up at 5 every day, almost every day. There were a couple of days we had to sleep in. Um, and we would leave the hotel before they started serving the free breakfast. So I, I couldn't even get the free breakfast. And then we would drive in horrible Miami traffic to, like, the Chiefs um, Hotel, and their availability was, like, at 8 in the morning. We'd sit up there, talk with them for an hour and a half or whatever, do some editing, then run back to the convention center for a press conference, do some more editing, and then do something else, and then have to start getting ready for all the shows, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 6.30. We had a 7 o'clock special we had to do, and then we'd edit some more for the 10 o'clock show, which is, of course, 11 o'clock there, and we'd get down at midnight and just be exhausted. And you'd be like, oh, I forgot to eat. So you'd go home, have a 
have a, a pizza and a room beer and just pass out at like one and get up and do it the next day. God. It was it was uh, a lot. So the actual when the actual game came, I'm like, oh, God, thank God. So that was by far the best part. But it was it was the first time for me, so it was it was cool. It was surreal. It was it was, uh, it was hopefully not once in a lifetime experience, um, but um, but it was definitely the first. Yeah, that's even worse than covering bowl games. I mean, I always talk to people. They're like, are you going to go to all the bowl games? I go, yeah, but we were there for like four or five days. It was a big bowl game. But you literally work almost the entire time. And then if you do get a chance to grab a beer or a drink, you're like, I can't feel bad the next day. I I got a function. I had 105%. I don't do 110. I don't believe in 110. 105%. Yeah, ridiculous. And, 105. Yeah, and just – be at the top of your game all the time. You're just going, going, going. And and frankly, um, one of the things I've enjoyed about cancer is now I can use it as an excuse to not work <laughs> that hard. Right. I, I, I leverage this stuff to my advantage whenever possible. As you should. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of free lunches. But when you're talking to people and you're interviewing them, it's just hard to work in. Hey, I've got cancer. Will you give me a better quote than you gave that Mick guy? <laughs> it doesn't work. Uh, all right, so here's your – okay, I see the price in the car. What's your cancer price car? <laughs> what's, your, what's your cancer price for this car? Yeah, I mean, can we have – can I get at least free protection on the seats? Because I do wet my pants once in a while, and I'd hate to ruin the leather. Right. It goes with prostate cancer. Come on, man. you got to help me out. Yeah, it just doesn't work. You know, oh, my gosh. It, it really, you, other than a few free lunches, people just grab that bill. Hey, I got it, man. How you doing? You doing good? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel fine. Thanks for picking up the tab. I there, li- there should be that tiny little perk. I know. There should be a perk like that. I know. Uh, they, they, something's got to come out of this. Well, this podcast came out of this. That This is a big deal. This is going to be international. I'm going to be uh, interviewing uh, uh, Pele. I think he's dead. That's not going to work. Um, some soccer star. I don't know any soccer stars. Someday. You know, uh, Ronaldo. R- Ronaldo. That's a good dog name, by the way. That would be one of the, the poodles way, uh, on my ranch. Uh, uh, Pele's still alive. He is? Yeah. Oh, was he one of the fake deaths on, on the Internet one time? I, yeah, I think, he's, I think he's died a few times on the Internet. I believe everything I read, so it's... It's it's tough to get around in this world when people make up news and you believe everything on the internet. One of the things I've loved about this Chiefs team, and this is this is so sounds so fanboy. It sounds just because I cover Kansas State and I'm able to reserve the Chiefs and Royals for for fandom because I don't cover yeah. them. That's kind of a rare treat in our industry. People don't understand that you really give up a lot. You were at the Super Bowl, but you're just watching it. You know, you're not really cheering yeah but patrick mahomes is the most likable guy to have leading your team and uh he just fits the culture and he's just been it's not just about being a special player he's just a special dude he's really he's really fun to have represent your team yep he's had a great it's funny like you know his, his dad was a professional athlete a lot of times that leads to um entitlement for your kids yeah that didn't happen i I think a lot of it i mean they moved to a small town white house texas kind of like a suburb of tyler texas which i didn't know tyler's big enough to have suburbs right um so i think that helps you know i mean we're both from kansas and we know all about the small town upbringing so uh he's always had this air about him that you know nothing's ever going to be given to me and I don't think he started as a high school quarterback till his junior year. They they had a guy ahead of him that like I think he ended up going to Sam Houston State to play, so he's pretty good. Um, and Patrick had to win a job, and it wasn't just football for him. Another small town thing. He played baseball, obviously very well. Heck of a basketball player. Good golf. Ran. I mean, did did everything, and so. That upbringing, I think, has helped a lot from from East Texas. Went to college in West Texas. Didn't get a whole lot of offers. I describe him as the biggest sports fan I know. Huh. He is a 
huge sports fan. Like he goes, like Texas Tech played in that um, the college basketball event, the CD Classic in November. He went to those games as a fan, and he would have gone anyway. He of course went to the, the Final Four for Tech. He goes to Sporting KC games a lot. He goes to the race track. He goes to NASCAR. Um, um, even before he was the starting quarterback, he was there in George and a cutoff T-Bones jersey. Yeah, he goes to T-Bones games. He's, he's crazy. It's just He fits this culture in Kansas City so much. Um, it's, it's incredible. I'm just impressed that he's wearing a T-Bones T-shirt, which, by the way, people don't know, that's the semi-pro baseball team that plays out by the racetrack in Kansas City, Kansas. And he's still on a rookie contract, so he probably needs those cheap hot dogs and beers. He does. He goes out there for dollar beer and hot dog night. <laughs> it's tough being a rookie, man. You know, on that rookie contract, you're in your second year, you're still waiting for the big payday. you got to cut a corner here yeah. and there. It's funny. And, too, um, you, you can tell he's, he's watched sports growing up. A lot of these guys, and you know it, a lot of these athletes that come through, big-time college athletes, professional athletes, weren't sports fans growing up. And a lot of them couldn't be, right? They come from you know, abject situations. A lot of them come from poor upbringings, and sports is the reason, is the way they get out. And so they really can't afford to just sit and watch you know, sports all day like, like you and me did growing up. And so they're not sports fans, but he is. And I think it, it translates into um, what you see on the field. Uh, I was watching that they have a DVD on the Chiefs Super Bowl season. And in that Super Bowl game, if you remember, driving in for their first touchdown, he goes and he slides past the fourth down, the, the first down marker, and it was third down. And as he's sliding, he looks to see his pass. He slides. As he goes down, he gets hit hard, and the ball fumbles back out of bounds before the marker. And so they mark him short, and it's fourth down. And so he comes up, and he starts pleading with the officials, saying, no, 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 I slid. I went down past. He's like, no, but you fumbled. And he, he goes, well, where did the ball fumble out at? Which is a great question. He's like, it fumbled out here at the four. So it's short of the goal line. He's like, well, check, check that I wasn't down before I fumbled. So just all this smart stuff, like just, just you know, what might be obvious stuff to people who watch a ton of sports, um, but isn't always obvious to people um, that are on the field in the heat of the moment right. and everything, asking great questions. And then that last possession when they come out, the Chiefs are 24 to 20, he's telling everybody from the moment he steps on the field, He's like, first down, first down, first down. All we need is a first down. All we need is a first down. Again, something that is, is vital, but you don't always see from athletes the obvious thing. He knew with the time and everything, if, he, if we get a first down, we can, we can clock this whole thing, and it's over. He's so smart out there. He's so with it. I think that comes from being, uh, being a sports fan. Of course, they got more than a first down. They got a touchdown that drive, and they won 31 to 20. They made it look like a butt kicking when it wasn't. That's nice. It was funny, but they won every playoff game by double digits and were down That's in incredible. every playoff game That's by double digits. Incredible. One of the things that I really like about him is he will argue calls, but once the call's made, he moves on. He he absolutely shifts gear and then he goes, okay, now let's get in the huddle and let's, let's deal with this. He doesn't let it linger and have a bad attitude in the huddle. He just They just keep playing the next play, and it's it's a real gift as a leader. There was one play, I think it was the Lions game, but don't quote me on it, where he starts to scramble from the pocket. He looks and sees the uh, the right tackle, which is Mitchell Swartz, looks like he, he could have been holding, could have been, been called for holding, right? So he sees that. As he's scrambling out of the pocket, he's got free room to run, 20 yards on the field. Before he does that, he looks back at the white hat, to see if the White Hat's throwing a flag in the middle of a scramble to go downfield. Because if he is throwing the flag, he ain't going to take a hit for the first right. down, right? But if he looks, he sees no flag. Okay, I'm going to go try to get the first down. And he does just stuff like that. And, of course, the left-handed throws. It's just almost like this, this kind of simple um, elementary uh, schoolyard mentality of, uh, I got Von Miller breathing down my right side. Okay, I'm going to throw it left-handed to Tyree Kill. Oh, these these uh, these safeties are reading my eyes. Okay, I just won't look the receiver. Right? Just simple problem-solving skills that nobody else is gifted enough to make, but he is, and it's it's just fun, it's fun to watch. Is it possible that he's in the Matrix 
and he's actually just going a lot faster than the rest of us. He can see that sees everything. He knows everything's going to happen because it's freaky sometimes. The way he'll throw it sidearm, needling it through bodies at the line of scrimmage, and then hit Travis Kelsey sliding with a small window to catch the ball. He does this all the time. It's not like freaky plays that just happen. He does it consistently in the course of games, and I can't explain how. There's great, talented quarterbacks out there. There's, there's stuff, that, stuff that guys will try and practice when they're goofing around. He just takes it to a game. And I, I'm waiting for, like, at, at St. Joe every year at Missouri Western, he'll mess around. He'll throw behind the back pass, right, when they're just seven-on-seven seven or whatever, or they've already blown the whistle, and he'll complete them. And I'm waiting for just a preseason game, right? It doesn't matter. You're in for one or two series. You get down near the goal line. You got Travis Kelsey right there. No real defender in front of you. Throw it behind the back, please. That's my one request. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, I am of the theory that if they have to delay the start of baseball season, America will do what it did with the entire NCAA tournament, wince and accept it. But if they mess with football, people are going to get really, really restless in this country. And and I don't mean yeah. – I, I think they'll understand if they have to postpone, delay, cancel football. They'll, they'll understand the reason for the most part because at that point it's obviously really bad. But that one's going to cut deep if that happens. If they get into football season, it's really going to affect people. And I, I'm a little scared to see what happens. Me too. I mean, Kirk Herbstreit came out today and said he'd be shocked. Yeah. Shocked if there's an NFL or a college football season. Now, look, he's not, he doesn't work for the CDC, right? I, he, he's probably reacting to stuff he's seen, all the stuff we've seen. And it's funny how people react differently to the stuff, right? right. Some it's overboard, some it's, it's underboard. And uh, so he's saying that, look, here's my charge bioscience lab majors at SEC schools. Does it really mean that much more? If it does, prove it. Find a vaccine in the next couple months. Otherwise, there's no SEC football season, okay? Yeah. Prove it right there, you, uh, you SEC uh, bioscience people. The only okay. one I'm trusting with that is Vanderbilt. The rest of them, I'm not sure. You don't, tr- you don't, you don't trust <laughs> kids in Gainesville? <laughs> no. I, uh, you know, I'm thinking probably if it's like Mississippi State, there's going to be chewing tobacco in the vaccine. <laughs> I don't really think that's a good idea. That what when I saw the Herb Street thing, I'm like, slow down, Kirk. It's kind of early in this process still. Yeah. I know we're we're in the middle of shock and awe. I mean, we're in the middle yeah. of this is all happening so suddenly. It seems like that Super Bowl was eons ago, and it wasn't. Seems like March Madness should have been over a long time ago. We should still be in it as we record this. Um, and in fact, when it comes out, it should be the week of the Final Four. It's just yeah. incredible to absorb everything that's going on and so quickly, but I'm not ready to surrender football or say it's off because I want to be optimistic. And I don't know that we'll find yeah. a cure for this, but I think there's a hope and they'll find oh, yeah. things that knock it down, tamp it yeah. down, make it more livable until yeah. they can find a cure. And yeah. then we can that's go amongst the life. He, he's basing it on, well, you, you can't play until you have a vaccine. Well, no, you, you can, maybe. Right. That's that's I mean, the, the Major League Baseball, you know, they're eyeing early June or July at some point, And they're under the that's with the knowledge that there probably won't be a vaccine. It's personal for me. My um, my son plays high school football and they won a state championship last year as a sophomore. And when he's a sophomore and this is going to be his junior season and they bring a lot back. I don't I don't want to see that taken away. He's already lost his sophomore baseball season. Mm. And so, uh, that yeah, sucks. I, I don't mess with uh, with high school football, please. That sucks. You know, I, I feel bad for the kids that lost out on the NCAA tournament, but I feel awful for the high school kids. I mean, a lot of those a lot of those kids had really fun college careers, and or their college career will continue, or they'll go play in the NBA or Europe or or the rec leagues. But nothing replaces high school. Nothing for a lot because for most athletes that's all they get is high school and now losing right. high school sports well, just breaks my heart and I'll, I'll draw the line between football and everything else look for all the spring sports i pretty much all the spring sports you you can and they do you know especially in big cities play club for that sport like if, if everything's back to normal by 
you know, it could be by June or whatever. I mean, my, my son will play two or three months of his of his uh, club baseball season, right? right? Um, same with softball, uh, uh, swimming, soccer, all that stuff. There's no club football, not in high school. No. That's the one sport that's still left in high school solely to where you miss out in your football season. There's no January, February, March, oh, I'm playing for BC club, right? And that's better than high school anyway. No. High school is it. That's where you get recruited. That's where you – that's where what you train for the rest of the, you know, three quarters of the year. That's where you play only. There are, there are nine games in Kansas, and there are precious nine games. Thankfully, last year, my son got to play 13 because they went all the way in one state. And so uh, 13 games, though, is still precious, and that's, that's, that's in the back of my mind. That's, I don't, I don't want to see that taken away. What high schools did you go to? Mill Valley. Oh. They're 5A state champs. Yeah, Mill Valley. Wow, you kind of live in the burbs, man. Oh, I totally live in the burbs. <laughs> Western Shawnee, I'm halfway to Lawrence. You know my alma mater. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that that school. It's a fine institution. Mick, I appreciate it, man. Hope you're doing well. Hope uh, the kids and the wife and the dog that craps in your office are all safe. <laughs> uh, we are. We're doing just fine. I hope you're doing well as well. Hey. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun, uh, you know, and I still, even now that you're a big uh, broadcast TV star, you made the jump from cable to broadcast, which is significant, sure. uh, mostly because the FCC keeps an eye on you, which is good. <laughs> right. But I still hold the hope of uh, Mick and Fitz's sports circus uh, daily. But I, I think we need to move to Nike, New York. We're too big for Kansas City. Come on, man. Well, let's just not move to New York right now. No, no, it's ill-advised right now to go to New York. Um, Well, I actually don't want to live in New York. It's kind of like I would do a morning show if I could do it at noon. I will do a New York sports show if I could do it from uh, Nashville. I'm fine. Right. Love you, brother. Thank you, man. Thanks for doing this. You bet. Take, Take care. Mick and I have joked about doing our own sports radio show together, but that will never happen because Mick is bound to get a call that will eventually put him on an even bigger stage. I know this. If I was put in charge of hiring someone to deliver sports content on a national stage, he would be one of my first calls. Well, it seems as if everyone is being ordered to shelter in place right now as we try to flatten the curve. But don't completely isolate yourselves from friends, family, and neighbors. Just do so from a wise distance, such as over the phone. And remember, men, if you're over 45, make sure you know your PSA score. Take care, everyone, and I will talk to you real soon. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the shed? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.